I don't believe perfection is attainable. And that's why I chose that quote and why I love that quote so much, because you can be in constant pursuit of that for the rest of your life and never get there, but it always gives you something to keep going toward. And, uh, you know, that's kind of some stuff that I, I look to, to make sure my kids are, are pushing towards. Welcome to The Art of Fatherhood, a podcast that takes you on the journey of fatherhood. Now here's your host, Art Eddy. This week's episode of The Art of Fatherhood podcast is being brought to you by Begin Health. Begin Health's Growing Up Prebiotics is a daily prebiotic for toddlers and kids ages one and up. You may be asking yourself, what's the difference between probiotics and prebiotics? Probiotics are the bacteria in your gut and prebiotics feed the good gut bacteria. Why is this important, you may ask? Over 70% of the immune system is located in our gut, and strengthening the gut starts with feeding it the good stuff. Growing Up Prebiotics is a tasteless and textureless powder that can easily be mixed into your little one's water, juice, or milk, delivering three grams of fiber per serving. So if you're looking to support your kiddo's immune system, make sure you pick up Growing Up Prebiotics at BeginHealth.com. That's BeginHealth.com. What's going on, everybody? Artie here for another edition of the Art of Fatherhood podcast. I'm very happy to have this gentleman on. It's Jason Zucker. Thanks for taking the time to chat with me, sir. How you doing? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Doing good, man. Looking forward to chatting with you about hockey, fatherhood, your foundation, uh, and so many more things. But uh, let's talk, you know, about your father journey to begin with. So when you found out you were going to be a dad, what was going through your mind, sir? Well, you know, it was, um, I'll say a bit of a different uh, perspective on it because when I met when I met Carly, she had a four-year-old daughter. So for me, I felt like I kind of jumped into it right away. But Sophia, you know, 100%, I feel like she's my daughter. I mean, she's absolutely incredible. And so when I had my first Hendrix, you know, with Carly, that was just a, a really fun, different experience to be a part of. Like, I, I felt like I was already in kind of dad mode. But then, you know, having my own was was a whole different ballgame. So it was so much fun. And, uh, you know, it was just uh, an amazing experience. Nice, man. Thank you very much for sharing that. I know a lot of people who are stepdads appreciate that answer, too, because, you know, yeah. as we all know, fatherhood has different walks of life and different perspectives. So, again, I really appreciate you sharing that. And I think, obviously, to get in the NHL to where you are to play as long as you have in the, in the NHL, man, hard work. And dedication are probably some values you're looking to instill into your kids. But also, too, you and Kyle Rudolph have Altru, uh, which is a foundation to help people and pay it forward. So paying it forward and, and being kind, I guess, are stuff. So before I even put more words in your mouth, talk about some of the values you're looking to instill into your kids. Yeah, I mean, you just hit it on the head. I mean, for me, number one is respect. Um, you know, it, it's about respecting, you know, your, your parents, your elders, your friends, your teachers, your coaches. Um, you know, your peers, everybody that you're around, respect is a massive part of that. And, you know, all the P's and Q's, everyone, you have to make sure, you know, that's a big part and just being just being good people. That's just such a simple thing that you can do, right? That's going to put your initial relationship or, you know, just that conversation off on the right foot. Everyone knows those people that come into something, you're like, oh, okay, this is, you know, a little bit off. So it's like, you need to make sure you're starting out on the right foot. You know, and making sure that all those things are a big part of of you as a person. That's something I take very seriously, and I make sure that the kids know that as well. Um, <clears throat> but then you're right. I mean, hard work, dedication is a is a huge aspect. But for me, a lot of that kind of boils down to having a purpose. And for me, like as a as a kid, I remember my purpose was hockey. Like all I wanted to do was play hockey. 
it just, to me, that it keeps you out of trouble. It gives you something to strive for. One of my favorite quotes of all time, I actually have tattooed on my arm is in pursuit of perfection. And, you know, the whole idea of always trying to gain and, you know, like just strive towards something. I don't believe perfection is attainable. And that's why I chose that quote and why I love that quote so much, because you can be in constant pursuit of that for the rest of your life and never get there, but it always gives you something to keep going toward. And, uh, you know, that's kind of some stuff that I I look to to make sure my kids are are pushing towards. That is fantastic, Jason. Yeah. Purpose, because you can always tell your kids to do this or do that. But if you, if you kind of harness their passions or find something that they want to go into. And again, like the idea of like asking a second grader, like, Oh, you know, to start off school, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Definitely changes throughout the years. Right. You'll see in movies or books being like, I know like people who are in their forties who don't even know what to do yet. But the idea of like finding that purpose and doesn't have to be maybe a vocation, but just a purpose in life, I think is great because then you can kind of teach your kids like, Hey, you, you tell me all the time that this is, you want this is where you want to be. Well, you got to get there by, you know, following those steps to get there. It's not just going to happen on on its own. So I love that. That's awesome. Absolutely. Talk about something that, you know, we're talking about the values you're looking to instill into them, but let's kind of flip the script. What is something that your kids have taught you either about yourself or about life that maybe you kind of didn't know was there until you became a dad? You know, I think a lot of it, you know, kind of goes back to that whole purpose side of things because now hockey for me, like it's all, it's always so crazy. And I, I don't want this to sound bad, but everybody that plays professional sports, it's your job, right? Like it's now a job. Yes. We all love it. We have fun. We get to play a game. It's fantastic. I, I will never change that mentality on it at all, but it is a job. And in the, the magnitude of that job is on another level because of the media, the fans, you know, people are buying tickets to watch you play, right? It's not like, you know, it's the old, uh, if, if someone was watching over your shoulders, you're typing emails all day, it'd be a lot different than, you know, if, if you were, you know, just sitting there in your cubicle, right? So the reason I say that is because it made me take things in a, in a different light because now it's all for my kids. Like, I want to make sure that my kids have everything set up for them for the rest of their lives. And, and that doesn't mean I'm handing them a check. That means, <laughs> that means that I need to make sure that they have the ability to learn what they need to learn, to, you know, to learn the financial side of this world that nobody's really taught in this world. You know, teaching them that when I come home and I'm, you know, a little bit upset or pissed off from a game, that's okay. But then at the same time, I still have to be a dad, um, you know, making sure that they're dialed in. Like it, it gives you a whole different perspective on on life in a lot of ways. And for me, <clears throat> being able to share a lot of those lessons that I have to teach myself to my kids through the process makes it a lot of fun. Yeah, I love every minute of what you're saying right there. And also, too, going back to the sports thing and people thinking like, yes, People who play football, basketball, recreation during high school or college. Well, college now, I think I, I think it's like if you're in college, there's a possibility to get to the pros, but that small percentage of going in there. But again, like there's a small percentage of people in the NHL. There's a lot of people who love to play hockey. There's a lot of people that do rec leagues and all that. And yeah. another thing, too, where there's so much scrutiny on, on, on professional athletes where it's like people know what you're making. People know like, you know, how long the contract is and they'll say like, well, is is he really worth this? But like the small amount of time that you are playing in your career and in your sport and your livelihood is vastly different to someone who might have like 20, 
30 years with one job or like, you know, if, if they're whatever job it is, they might be in that field, maybe not with the same company. But I think as I got older and I realized like, oh, so-and-so left this team. Well, art, it's a, it's a business and it's a job. And I think there's so many things that get thrown out at professional athletes because people know every, like they think they know everything about that. But like, to me, the, for the life of me, it's like, can we know everybody like the CEOs of like banks or, you know, car companies, can we know their salary and say like, Hey, this car that you said was going to have had like, you know, recall. So why, why are you getting all this money? Right. It's, it's almost like doing something like that. Right. It's, it's, it's so funny how there's, there are direct parallels that, that aren't equals. Right. And it's the whole, the whole idea of having fans. Right. That's why like Elon Musk and Bezos get hit so hard for a lot of their stuff because they're, they're at that level that everyone looks at them, you know, Every professional sport, they get looked at that way. But you know what? Like, I'll say this on the flip side of that. We love that because for us, yeah, sometimes it can be, you know, can be tough. And But it's part of the game. I mean, we're, we're playing a game for a living. That's the other side, like I mentioned before. <laughs> but, but realistically, you know, if you have, if you can, can ask for a passionate fan base that you want coming to your games and screaming and, you know, being loud and having such a great home ice advantage – well, then the flip side of that is that they're passionate and they're loud when you're not <laughs> playing well. Also, it's not only when you're playing well, it's when you're playing bad. So you get both sides. So if you want this, you have to be willing to take this. And that's the way that most of us look at it. No doubt, man. Uh, piece of advice or dad hack you'd offer to new parents, new dads. Listen to this. What would it be? Don't listen to any other dad. That's number one. <laughs> and part of that is, you know, and that goes for moms too. Like, I always laugh at the people that's like, oh, hey, like, you know, don't do this because, you know, my baby did this and like, you know, like it doesn't work. It's like they're all different. Every single child, every single baby is completely opposite. My three kids are three completely different humans. So there's no point in me giving you advice on on what to do with your kids, because I, I don't know how your kids are. I don't know their demeanors. I don't know their mannerisms. I don't know you know, their passions and what they lay, they love. So me parenting your kids is different than you parenting your kids. So there's no reason for me to give you advice. And every time I tell someone that they're like, really? Like you got nothing. I'm like, I don't, what do you want me to tell you? Cause <laughs> it's going to, I'm probably going to be wrong. <laughs> Jason's spitting out parenting bombs. I love it, man. Nice. Yeah. Um. So one of the things you can do is like, you know, we always say like, you know, we, we tell our kids to do something, but we can talk the talk. But if we're not walking the walk, maybe they'll be like, all right, cool. Dad said this, but he doesn't do anything that he's saying. But you actually, you and Kyle Rudolph, like I mentioned, All True is a foundation looking to help out different communities and all that. Talk about the foundation. And also, do you talk to your kids? I'm like, hey, look what I'm doing. Not like, you know, flag wave, look over here. But Definitely. you kind of talk about how it is important to give back to people. Um, that might need help that, you know, maybe can't find help elsewhere, but you guys are providing that avenue. Yeah. So I, I want to add a little bit of, of clarity to that. So there, all true is not a foundation. It's actually a for-profit company. Okay. And we have our own foundations The uh, and, and what we do with those is Kyle and I both give back and we both built spaces at the children's hospital in Minneapolis. Okay. He built the Kyle Rudolph end zone. And uh, my family built the Zucker family suite and broadcast studio. So we built two rooms that are uh, literally 15 feet away from each other at Masonic Children's Hospital in Minneapolis. And those are to help families that are within the hospital get out of their rooms and just be kids for five minutes, right? Get their minds off what they're going through and that. So from the kid perspective, 
we bring the kids there all the time. Like I'll bring my kids there when I go do visits and let them see other kids. And what's really cool about it is now, you know, my kid, I'm, I'll be there, you know, signing pucks or, or just there for a viewing party, having fun. My kids will go want to try to play with some of the kids that come down and say hi. And it's really fun to see that because to them, they may ask me questions of why they're in a wheelchair, why they have the pole of, um, you know, their, um, their IV poles and things of that sort. And, and I have to answer those questions for them and I'm happy to do so, but it, it gives them most of the time they don't even ask. They just want to play and just, you know, they see a kid their age and it's like, Hey, let's play, let's do something. So it's really cool to see it. But for me, that's a legacy thing for, for our family. That's forever. That's going to be the Zucker family suite and broadcast studio. And we will make sure we do everything we can to keep that up and running and, and state of the art for the kids and their families within the hospital. Um, and so for my kids, that's something they're going to be a part of for the rest of their lives. And, and that's something I'm going to make a massive part of their lives. Now, flipping to all true, all true is a charity is not a charity. Sorry is what we do to help other charities. So it's a company that we have that helps athletes and celebrities raise money for their charities of choice. And the reason that we do it this way is we're, we're trying to basically get all the crowdsourcing ways of, of the country and just be able to get the fans nationwide rather than only, you know, as an athlete, you have a massive audience for the most part within your city, unless mm -hmm. you're top radio or unless you're the big, you know, big time names most people don't have a national name or national recognition. Like, you know, we know the handful of guys that do the majority don't. And so you have a great foundation within your city, but we want to branch out of that. And that was, a, that was what all true is really helping with. So it's a crowdsourcing um, platform that allows you to be a part of other charities for athletes and celebrities throughout the country that are in, and you have a chance to win a once in a lifetime experience. Um, on the flip side of that, you know, COVID hurt a lot of foundations and all the funding that they were able to do. You weren't able to have galas and all these, you know, different um, events. And so this was a way to do all of that online, essentially, and, and be, you know, still be able to provide these really cool experiences, but allow people to join in online and be a part of it and still give back to something special. So it's been a great initiative. And, um, you know, again, you can check that out on uh, alltrue.com. We have some great experiences going on right now. Um, and again, the money is going back to these players or celebrities, uh, their charities of choice. Yeah, no doubt. And again, it's a decent price for the, the amount of entries you can kind of put in to win the, you yeah. know, the, the, uh, the prize, so to speak, or just the event. I looked at it. I was like, that's pretty cool for like the number of tickets you get for a decent amount of money. So like, you know, I know that we're recording this in October and all that, but as we head into the holidays and people think about giving Tuesdays or like, you know, yeah. donating stuff or time or money, that's the best way to go. It, does your web, does your, your personal foundation have its own website where people can maybe help out as well? Yeah. So that's give16.com. So yeah. So give16.com has a, has a, um, a great background on the Zucker family suite, kind of what we do there. And then we actually have a clothing line with Unreal UNRL and the uh, clothing line, uh, they donate money back to the charity as well through that clothing line. So um, it's a it's a great partnership there. Love it, man. Switch into hockey now. And, and, it, and it's really cool because my my daughters and I got two daughters, but um, we kind of bonded over NHL on PlayStation and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, of course, yep. that we, 
And um, I moved around a lot, but like there's some ties to New Hampshire, I lived in New Hampshire. And so my youngest, my oldest is maybe not into sports here and there, but like my youngest, she's a Bruins fan. Um, but like I took Sorry her to, to we're in Carolina right now. And, um, it, you know, I, the reason why I'm bringing this up is so like I took her to the Hurricanes game and I said, and it was one of the games for like, we got it for Christmas, got her into the game. She was wearing her Pasternak jersey. She loves them and all this other stuff we were watching. And I thought like we got there early. People were like throwing pucks and like, you know, like taking time away with the glass. I just, the reason why I'm saying this is I feel like hockey players are really cool to their fans and it's such an awesome atmosphere. We went to, <laughs> so the game we went to, went to a shootout. Oh, sorry. Went to overtime, then went to a shootout. The Bruins eventually won the game. And I was like, I looked at him like, it's never usually like this. And she knows because you'll watch the games, but I'm like the game that we went to is pretty insane. How much, because you're talking about like, you know, you want those fans to cheer and like say when it's good or bad, but just, you know, share their opinions. How much fun is it when you go into your home arena and just see thousands of people just cheering for you in a game that you love to play? Just talk a little about that perspective. Yeah, it's it's a really special thing. And, and um, you know, I, I've been lucky enough to play in a lot of amazing arenas. And honestly, like even being on the road, knowing they're cheering against you is just as fun. I mean, it's it's incredible being at home and our fans are um, every, every team that I've played for and, and, you know, when this is being recorded, I haven't played yet here at Mullet Arena for Arizona, but it's incredible. It's, it's so much fun to be a part of these home, these home games and, and having your fans behind you. Um, but overall, like, I just feel like the NHL fan base is special. It's, it's a cult following of sorts. You know, obviously it's not the NBA, it's not the the NFL, but it's growing rapidly. I think people are really enjoying watching games, especially live. I think when you go watch a hockey game live, I think it gives you a different perspective on the game. And people that first get into it, obviously get into watching, you know, on TV. Tickets are expensive, completely understand that. So it's not like everyone can go to every single game. We have a lot of games a year, so I get that side too. But overall, you know, I think – if you're kind of on the fence for hockey, go watch one live because that's going to just put you over, over the, over the line and just be, you know, be a, a rabid fan. But I think for us, it's, it's just a really special thing to be a part of. And, and uh, you know, the, the fans in, in our world are truly special. No doubt. And just kind of going with just the Bruins theme, I, you know, I said to my, my youngest Jordan, I was like, you know, cause when they got ousted by Florida, I was like, the, the teams that win the presidential trophy sometimes don't make it to the Stanley club. I think it was like one out of 13, in the past, like 13 years or something. Right. Yeah. And they always say like, Oh, we love parody. There's parody in the NFL. There's maybe not so much in the NBA or the MLB, but I feel like NHL, you get into the playoffs. It's one time, like the NHL playoffs is a very special time because no matter if you're the first or the eighth seed, you have a chance to like make it, in, you know, to the Stanley cup finals as a player. And as you see other sports where it's, maybe it's not that, doesn't have that much parity. Does it frustrate you if you're like a higher seed or like, cause I know you're there to win and you're not, I'm not saying you need any motivation, but as a, as a, as a player, when did you kind of realize it's like you get in the playoffs, it doesn't matter. Like, cause they're, they're going to be teams that can like, just you know, like be on a run at the perfect time and just like go all the way, like on a low seed. What is, as a player in the NHL, what is your, what are your thoughts on that? You know, it, it really is great. It, it makes you, it makes the games better for fans and, and it gives it, it really does help the league in, in a lot of ways. Um, you know, the, the crazy part about that and the way I tell everybody is how hard it is to win in this league is I me. Mean, it's crazy. I'm going into my 12th season. I've made it to, I've made it to the second round twice and never made it past. And I played on some really good teams in Minnesota. We had some great teams in Pittsburgh, had some 
elite teams never made it to the second round in Pittsburgh and arguably outplayed the other team every year that we lost in the first round and things happen. That's just like the year we lost to the Rangers, they go to the conference finals. The year we lost to the Islanders, they go to the conference finals and we arguably outplayed them. You know, it's just crazy how this league works. It's one game. It's one bounce. It's, it's a lot of things. And and those teams showed that they were better than us in those series. Um, And that's ultimately why they came away with the win, but it's just crazy how different it is. And in my opinion, as you're saying, even in the NBA, most of the time, if you, if you're playing an eight seed as a one, yeah, it's just, is it four games or five? I mean, they might (laughs) get one, you know, game three, but that's really it. It's just like, we're going to round two. We'll see you there. And, and, for us, it's it's a completely different world in that sense. It's it's uh it's not it never works that way. Yeah. I think game seven, you know, like oh, game seven hits differently. Yeah, for you know, MLB and uh the and the NBA, but I feel like it hits the most different in the most different way in the NHL because again, it could go any way. Like you could have the momentum in game five and six, and all of a sudden you're like, what the hell happened, right? Like yeah. game seven. Um so, you know, you mentioned playing for Arizona, you know, you were, you're coming from the Penguins and all that. Another thing we were kind of talking uh, earlier about, like what people maybe don't understand about being a professional athlete, you got to obviously uproot your family. I, I moved around a lot as a, as, a, as a kid and stuff like that. So I understand like how parents need to like make sure that they're budgeting enough time for family and obviously for work and all that. What is maybe a misconception and of like when a, a player moves, like, oh, they're just going to another team, it should be fine. Like, what's the biggest transition for you personally when you move from another team? You know, a lot of it is is actually the ages of the kids. Um, that that affects it a lot. So in my situation, my 13-year-old Sophia actually still lives in Minnesota. Um, she's in eighth grade. It's a very impressionable age for her and her friends. And, you know, it's it's a time in her life that is that would be very difficult to move all, you know, especially from the Midwest all the way out to, to the Southwest. And so it's just a completely different, um, a completely different feel for, for someone of her age. Whereas for, for Hendrix and Stella who are, you know, almost six and four and a half, it's pretty easy. They make friends like that. It's just, <laughs> yeah, here we go. You know, you go to the park and you've got 12 new friends and it's like your best friends the next day. So for yeah. them, it was like, it's exciting. It's super fun. They want to be a part of it. And so moving them out here is a lot more like, yeah, let's just, let's just move them. They're adaptable kids. Yeah. I mean, do they talk about their friends in Minnesota? Absolutely. But they still get back to see them. We'll still be there in the summers. That's kind of our home base in the summers. So we still have that. It's just a little bit different in the sense of like the, the whole it just you know, based on their age, that yeah. that's really it. So for me, that's the biggest aspect of it. From the parent side of things, you know, for from my side, a lot of it is just kind of getting a feel for the travel. So for me, being in Pittsburgh the last few years, your travel, your flights are 35, 45 minutes an hour. You know, unless you're going to the West Coast, you've got a five-hour flight to LA, but then you're there for 10 days and then you're home. But you have a lot more in and out of the house, whereas here it's like you've got two weeks gone, two weeks home, two weeks gone, two weeks home. And they kind of set it up that way in a lot in a lot of ways. Um, so it actually, in my opinion, even though the travels further, I like the travel out here more because yeah. I'd rather just be living out of my suitcase for two weeks and then be home with the kids for two weeks. Yeah. Whereas in Pittsburgh, it was a lot more in and out. So I felt like I wasn't even when I was home, I wasn't really home because I'd still had practice, still had home games. And then I was back out of town again. So it kind of a little bit different, you know, for, for uh, different spots to be. 
no doubt. Young kids definitely thrive on routine. And I, you know, it's just yeah. funny. Like uh, the spontaneity of me sometimes is like a younger person. And now as a dad, like people are like, Oh, you're not as spontaneous. I'm like, no, when you have kids, it kind of like routine, routine. So thank you very much for sharing that. Three more questions before we finish off with the father, quick five. Take me back. Like I'm a big comic geek. I love origin stories and all that, but take me back when you played your first NHL game. Like what sticks out to you most from that game? Yeah. So mine was a bit crazy because I actually played um, in college. I, I, these days are going to be a little bit off, but call it, I played Friday night and Mm -hmm. lost in the NCAA tournament. And I played my first game with the wild on like Sunday. (laughs) So So it was literally like two days later. And what the reason for it was, um, there were there were a couple of different reasons. Number one, um, they wanted to give me a little bit of experience. Number two, it burned a year of my contract. So I had a three-year entry-level deal, and it burned the first year by playing those six games. And they wanted that because we had a ton of young prospects coming in. So they wanted me to be on different contract. You know, they didn't want all of our contracts to expire at the same time. Gotcha. So they wanted to change that up. Um, but then, you know, it was a crazy experience because I literally two days later was, you know, suiting up for the wild. I played at home at the Excel energy center versus Florida. And, um, you know, I remember going out there and, um, I still got the plaque at home of the puck and, you know, kind of the, the, they give you the uh, score sheet from the game with, with both rosters on. It's really cool. So my parents have that. They, my dad's a huge nerd with that stuff. So (laughs) I don't have anything at my house, basically of, of my stuff. It's all of my dad's. Um, but, um, you know, as far as the game goes, I remember pretty early on in that game thinking to myself, like I should have stayed in college. Like, I don't know if I'm ready yet. This is fast. And I was always known to be a fast play, like skater, but playing the game at that speed, you know, like I'm not Connor McDavid. Like I don't skate and play that at that speed. So like, for me, I remember thinking that like, all right, I got some work to do, but I think that was actually a really good thing. The next game I ended up playing at home again versus LA and ended up having two assists, but it was one of those things that kind of slowed me down a little bit. Like, okay, it was good. Then that summer, it kind of fueled me like, all right, I have a lot of work to do this summer. And I think that was the best summer I've ever had training wise, because I knew like I was a step behind. Luckily that next season was the lockout year. And so I actually had to start in the AHL. So mentally it was good for me to be like, I would have been there even though I'm like, I don't think I would have made it, but I told myself I would have been there. Right. And, but it gave me time to go down in the AHL and just play and develop and be ready for that, that next season. Love that, man. Thank you again. It's such, it's everybody has a different story. Just like we we're talking about fatherhood. Right. And for yeah. you to kind of be like, well, this is kind of fast. Like any, any athlete, any, any sport I talk to, it's like the transition from college. That's like, what the heck just happened? Right. Yeah, so, yeah exactly. It always happens that way. And I love the fact that you got your puck, you got the score sheet, because like I'll see something like in the NFL, like, oh, there's someone just threw like their first touchdown and the tight end just chucks it up in the end zone. Like, <laughs> like what's yeah. going on? And they yeah. finally get the ball and, you know, the puck and the baseball. So love yeah. that. Um, you were talking about like off-season, off-season training and all that. So, you, you know, you mentioned that one year, like the transition year was good for you. But like as you get older, you know, you always see like I'm a big Jordan fan. And of course, like it went from physical to mental, right? Whereas like he learned more like how to like go against the rookies and like the people who might have the super energy, right? You know, like you, you learn from a different, uh, how to play at a different level. So for you, what is your off season training like? And does it differ over the years? Yeah, it's changed quite a bit. And a lot of mine is actually based on injury. 
um, more than just like, Hey, I feel like I should do this. It's, it's purely based on the injury side of things. So now I've got, um, I have an incredible trainer back in Minnesota. His name is Zach Rourke with a um, perfect world hockey training. And he's, he focuses solely on the hockey training aspect of, of training. You know, it's like, it's all hockey specific. And for me, I had a couple of years of injuries in Pittsburgh and the final one was just groin injury after groin injury. And I just had a notorious line of just injury and injury and injury of, of, you know, for my groins. So getting with him has completely stopped that. And what's great about it is here in Arizona and in Pittsburgh last year, I give the trainers a ton of credit because they were able to work together and and put together a, a cohesive plan for me to keep me on the ice and keep me healthy. And it was all based on maintenance and keeping up with, with uh, the groin strengthening, but also the aspect of just like, what do I need today versus tomorrow and have a full plan for the year, making sure that I'm, you know, strengthening enough, maintaining enough muscle, maintaining enough weight and, you know, just feeling good throughout the season. So um, I have Zach to thank for a ton, um, but also the trainers here, Mitch and last year, Jesse were, it was just incredible to working with these guys. They're all world-class in their own right. And, uh, it's been, been fun to have them all, you know, working together. Thank you, Jason. Like, I appreciate that. And again, like, I hope you have, you know, a, a great year kind of, as we blend into the father quick five, it's kind of a fatherhood hockey question. I know that you probably won't give advice to people of your teammates, but do you guys talk about uh fatherhood in the locker room? Yeah, we do. It's, you know, for, so for Arizona, there's only like five kids on the team. It's, it's, there's not many kids yet. It's a pretty young team, but you know, for me in the past, like when I was in Minnesota, the year I got traded, I think we had 44 kids. So that was like a different level. We were <laughs> together all the time. Kids were together. We had kids parties and kids skating parties and that. But then it was kind of fun getting to Pittsburgh. It was kind of a middle ground. I think, you know, maybe 15 kids. But what made it fun was the guys that didn't have kids were really invested in everyone else's too. So you'd end up at the at the rink. You know, I brought my kids in the locker room after every every win, only if you win. But and the guys are sitting there playing mini hockey with them, throwing the ball, like just, you know, wrestling. And, you know, it makes it really fun. Um, I know in Minnesota, they actually have a rink that's um, on the carpet in the locker room. And the kids after every game are in there playing mini hockey. They literally set up mini hockey nets and they're playing and guys will go play with them. And so I think I, I'm I'm excited to see how it is here because with all the young guys, that's typically how it goes. They don't have kids. So it's like, hey, I'll go play mini hockey with them for 10 minutes and you know, do, do one of those things. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty fun to see that. I think I just saw something to come out, um, that, uh, Nick Felino had Connor Bedard over to his house for dinner in Chicago yeah. Yeah. and his kids, literally the first thing they did gave him a mini hockey stick and they played for hours. So that seems to be the general theme is, is the, the young guys will come over for dinner or whatever. And then it's just mini hockey for hours. That's awesome, man. Thank you again. You've been gracious with your time. I know you obviously the season's starting up, so thank you very much. Finish of off father five right now. Favorite family movie. Do you guys have one? You know, I it it goes back and forth. We my kids love all the Disney movies. I'd say the one that we've watched the most together is probably Aladdin. Oh. Uh the new one, the new yeah. remake with Will Smith. They love it. Um, you know, the the soundtrack's incredible. You know, I think that's probably the one movie wise that we've watched the most nice man good choice uh favorite family song or is there a genre of music or a band you couldn't wait to introduce your kids to you know it's i have a playlist labeled kiddos in my, <laughs> in my phone and it's literally like all the disney movie soundtracks it's aladdin 
It's, uh, you know, everything from uh, Frozen, you know, everything. So that's what we listen to daily. So it's not necessarily one song, but it's like, I want the playlist and then they pick their songs from there and then we just keep going. You know, you're a real dad when your phone not only has your music, but kids music, kid friendly music, then apps for them and like stuff for like, you know, if you're communicating with your teach their teachers and all that. It's a real oh, yeah. dad right there. I love it. Yeah, it's funny when I like I'll end up driving some teammates and they'll get in the car and Aladdin's playing. Like I don't even recognize it half the time. I'm just like, eh, sorry, I'll I'll change it. But yeah, yeah it's it's pretty funny. <laughs> Love it. Describe the perfect family vacation. Where would it be? Oh man, for me, um, that's a tough one. For me, I I would rather go into like the mountains somewhere. Like we actually went to a wedding this past summer in uh, Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Had a had an amazing time, but I brought the kids out on a side by side off roading and did some of that. And um, for me, I'm not as much of a beach person. I do I love to go to the beach, yeah. but I would much rather be up in the mountains and go off roading, go hiking, um, you know, find some cool activities up there for the kids. That's more my style. Team Jason, all the way, man. That's the same thing. My my wife and my youngest love the beach. My oldest and I, we kind of love the mountains. And so we find like the lake house, which is like kind of like a little in between, right? Yes. <laughs> so well done. A great way to do it. It's a great way to do it. Did you have a favorite player, a hockey player when you were growing up? Yeah, mine was Pavel Datsuk. Um, he was just a magician out there. Um, the guy was insane. He was doing things that nobody ever even thought of doing in the NHL. Um, I think he was actually one of the one of the people that really changed the game completely from from the way you played defensively to the way that the pucks controlled offensively, and then his hands and what he did with the puck was just insane. So he was always my favorite player. Very cool, Jason. And lastly, top three words you hope your kids would use to describe you as a dad. What do you want them to be? Oh man, I would say um, number one would be loving. I want them to know how much I love them and, and care about them. Um, number two would be, um, would be generous. I think for me, generous with my time, but generous in the, you know, in giving back to the community and, um, you know, just showing, you know, that, uh, you know, I, I guess I could put selfless with generous kind of in that same mentality. Like I want them to know that I care about a lot about everybody and want everybody to be successful in their own right. And if I can help in any way, that'd be fantastic. And then lastly would be, um, you know, for me would probably be, um, respectful. I think respect is is such a big part of my life. And, and for me, it's about respecting the players that I've played with that are currently playing with, whether you're a rookie or played a thousand games, you know, I, I, I have a ton of respect for everybody, but everyone through the business world, you know, people like yourself that uh, are doing amazing things in this world, you know, I've, I have so much respect for everybody. So I want them to, to, uh, you know, see that I, I feel that for, for everybody that I'm around. Well, again, I really feel that because I appreciate you. Like I said, you're ramping up to get ready for the season. Like I said, I wish you and your team, uh, you know, good luck this season. You and your family continued success. But I, uh, I just want to say, like, with the foundation, with the fact that you looked at your oldest being like, I can't take her out of the eighth grade scenario like that where she's growing up. That shows love and like just being like, yeah, you could bring everyone down there. But it's really cool to hear the perspective, you know, about father that you have, Jason. Uh, it's it's really impactful. So, again, I know my audience would appreciate it. But thank you again for your time. People follow him on Instagram and X at Jason underscore Zucker 16 and go to give16.com to help out his foundation because he's doing a lot of great things there. But, again, thanks for the time, sir, and looking forward to seeing you on the ice. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you. 
I want to say thank you to Begin Health for sponsoring this week's edition of the Art of Fatherhood podcast. Really appreciate the work that they're doing with their Growing Up Prebiotics. It's a daily prebiotic for toddlers and kids ages one and up. If you want to look to support your kiddos, immune system, and digestive health, make sure you go to beginhealth.com. And while you're on the internet, make sure you go to artoffatherhood.net. Check out the podcast. Check out the weekly columns like Dad's Doing It Right, Collector of the Week. There's articles on pop culture. My family and I sometimes write stories and articles together. All great stories centering around family and fatherhood. And also, please rate, subscribe, and review wherever you get your podcast. It helps get the word out. I really appreciate your support. Thanks for listening to the Art of Fatherhood podcast. Leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts and go to theartoffatherhood.net.